This is the Balls Talk Ag Podcast, produced by the University of Tennessee's Institute of Agriculture and students in ALEC 330, Introduction to Agricultural Communications. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Gregg, an assistant professor in the ALEC department here at UTIA. In episode one of Balls Talk Ag, our students, Jacob, Gracelyn, and Logan, discuss the impact of camping on the environment. They will talk about their personal experiences, effects of camping, the carbon footprint, as well as advice for environmentally friendly camping. Thanks for listening, and here is episode one of Falls Talk Ag. What's up, guys? So I'm sure everyone knows what camping is. Uh, you can do it at a young age. You can do it as you get older. And I've had good and bad experiences with camping. So, for example, I've been cabin camping and got attacked by bed bugs, and that was like a two- or three-week ordeal. But I've also had really good experiences where I got to go fishing, um, got to learn a little bit more about being outside, and kind of just how to take care of yourself in, like, those survival situations. What do you guys think? So, yeah, um... Bad experience. So me and a few buddies decided we should, uh, I don't know, go camping on Max Patch, but we didn't realize there was a wind advisory up there. And we tried to set up a camp, like our tent, in this like awful windstorm. Didn't work, so we moved somewhere else. And it got even worse. But then, worst part of this whole scenario was I had to use a restroom and I peed on a poison ivy bush, <laughs> and then I didn't know it. So my hands had poison ivy, so I touched my face. It was, Ooh. the rest of the week was terrible for me. So, yeah, bad experience. Yeah, I've been to Max's Patch before, too, and I didn't know it was supposed to storm. And I did not bring, like, I guess, like, a water shield for our tent. It was I was just being waterboarded the entire oh. night. We had to walk back to our car, like, 2.30 in the morning and just leave everything up there. It was horrible. Because it's, like, so flat, and there's, like, no trees or nothing to shield you. It's just, like, a big bald, and it's not. And the walk no. back, like, it was so dark, and it was pouring down <laughs> rain. Oh, my gosh. Is that campsite in Knoxville? No, it's in North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. They shut it down, though, actually, because people were, like, destroying the natural resources and stuff there, so they had to, like... I guess revamp it or whatever to like right. keep all the stuff together. Like keep people out of it so yeah. the resources had a chance to like remultiply and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because we would like litter was just everywhere. Was, no one would pick yeah. up their stuff. So. so what effects do you guys think that that has on the environment for that campsite? It definitely like destroys like everything around it because like it's supposed to be all natural, and when when we leave unnatural things there, we are not helping everything else grow. On top of that, there was just so many people so always many camping people. there. There was absolutely no wildlife. I don't yeah. think I saw any animals there. No, I just went last weekend, or this past weekend, and we just went for the sunset, but we actually seen, like, animals around for the first time. Right. Yeah, and there's barely any people because there's no camping anymore. No one wants to drive two and a half hours there just to see it. Yeah, does it open up? Is it next year? I think so. I think it opens back up, yeah. So the place I go to, it's called Spring River in Arkansas, and the water's a spring. Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah. (laughs) So it's a spring, so the water's 
56 to 60 degrees year-round. Yeah. And there's a lot of wildlife. Like, for example, I was eating goldfish one time on a picnic bench. Wait, you just said you ate goldfish? <laughs> yeah, like the, the snack. Oh. Like the, the cheddar goldfish. Not, <laughs> not real goldfish. you meant the actual fish? No, but... um. I mean, there were squirrels that would come up to you and eat it out of your hand, and you're definitely close to nature. But um, I've noticed a lot of litter in there, too, specifically with, like, in the water. And yeah. that's really harmful for all the species because they can choke on that, like, plastic. And it tied around their necks and stuff. Right. So I think we need to be more mindful about, um, like, picking up after ourselves, especially since we get to spend time in the wild, like, wilderness you know? Yeah. Yeah, I've been to Spring River, too, and I feel like I just know it for, like, tubing and drinking, and there's so many, like, beer cans and everything just littered all throughout the shores. Everywhere, and the cabins suck. There's, like, black widows everywhere, so damp and cold, nothing works. It's terrible. Terrible, terrible. That's kind of the point, though. Like It is. You go out there, you have no phone service, like, you have no choice but to talk to people which is something that is kind of rare nowadays but i think some things we can do to clean up our carbon footprint um is to number one clean up our trash number two be mindful of the resources we're using so if we're going to like use a fire if someone has extra firewood instead of buying more one one solution would be that we could just you know use whatever they have left and then whenever we're done with the fire to like make sure we put it out so it's not like releasing more carbon emissions than needs than needs to be released. Yeah, and also just I guess keeping your fires contained, making sure because it does get windy. A, a lot of camping spots yeah. and everything, and I know that's a big problem. Like a gust of wind takes it or whatever, and especially if it hasn't like rained in a while, and you are not watching that fire, especially in Max Batch, because it's just like yeah. a complete bald. Right, but. Yeah, and it gets windy up there quick. It gets so windy. So what's uh, when is y'all's favorite season to go camping? Mm, fall. Fall? Yeah. What just about Just because, you? like, the leaves, like, it's just so much yeah. more prettier. And then winter just sucks because it's cold. Yeah. yeah. Summer's too hot. Spring's just rain. So, like, fall just seems like the one you have to go to. It's a good answer. Yeah. I usually – I'll – Go camping in the summers. I have a little pop-out camper, so the AC works great. Does it? Does it yeah. actually work? Yeah, that's about the only thing that actually works. So. <laughs> it's about all that matters, yeah. though, when it's 100 degrees outside. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I'd say my favorite time is probably, I would say, fall as well. I agree. Summer, especially in, like, Arkansas in the south, super hot. Brutal. It's the humidity more than anything. It's like the humidity. The heat's not unbearable like if you're in arizona or something at least that heat's dry so you're not sweating but in the south it's just super high humidity so it's like it's hard to stay cool yeah and then like the farther south you go the bigger the mosquitoes the worst it is oh ew they get so big have you ever been to louisiana like those things are like i want to say the size of baseball but that's like exaggerating but i feel like they're the size of a baseball like, they're just huge. Yeah, no, And they just attack you everywhere. Ugh. Yeah, I hate bugs. I bugs are too. nasty. I have, like, I get horrible, like, allergic reactions to, like, any type of bug. Like, it's it's pretty bad. Like, anything? Like, a spider? Yeah, like, like anything. mosquitoes, ants, 
like bees. There was and you one go time, camping I mean, outside. That's that's the thing. Like <laughs> it's worth the sacrifice. But one time I got stung behind my ear by a wasp or something. My mom took me to the doctor because she thought I got bit by a spider because like it swelled up. That it was bad. so swollen. And then I got attacked by fire ants on my hand camping one time, and my hand was like four times the size of my left one. So Ooh. I don't know. That does not sound fun. That seems know. like the whole camping trip's going to yeah. be miserable. Oh, well, as long as I'm fishing, that's like my favorite thing to do is do catch just, fish. Do you like fish or do you like fly fishing? Well, I like I don't I want to learn how to fly fish, but I've never fly fished before. I normally just use like power bait or spinners at Spring River, and then. I like to cook the fish, too, to make me feel really primal. See, I've tried to, like, over a fire. (laughs) Yeah, I'll cook it over a fire, and then I'll just... Last time we went, I went with two or three buddies, and we just brought a skillet, literally one skillet. No way. And we would make grilled cheese and hot dogs the entire time and fish we caught. That's what we lived on for, like, three days straight. We probably had six or seven grilled cheese eaches, I mean, each, every day. (laughs) Like, what kind of fish is it, like? Probably They're catfish. Trout. Trout. Spring River's trout. And I would bring waders, and there was just one little pocket of deep water, like right before this waterfall. And you'd walk out there in waders, even though it was cold. And just, I mean, the fishing was incredible. So I love it. But that's also why it's important for us to you know keep that stuff preserved. Because if we uh, let things get out of hand, then the fishing conditions will get worse. And I don't know. It's not... It'll be negative for everybody. It's not just the wildlife that's affected. It's us, too, yeah, in our yeah. experiences. Are there certain, like, areas, I guess, that are overfished? Like, is overfishing a thing? Um, I would say yes, but they stock it year-round at, like, okay. certain points of the year. And I've seen them do it before. They also have, like, regulations to make sure that you're not keeping fish too small or too big. And that also helps. And they also have daily limits of the amount of fish you're allowed to keep. So that that helps a lot, but there definitely are places that are overfished. And, like, there's not enough people to, like, regulate that. So, like, if you go and you're like, eh, I'm not going to just do the five. I'm going to fish 20. Like, there's no way to tell that someone overfished right. unless right. there's someone there to regulate it. But and that's, that's another impossible. That's another part of preserving the wildlife is the people, like, the wildlife services. I've gone to Spring River probably – 20 times in my life and I've only ever been questioned probably once or twice so that's another thing that you know would help benefit is being more on top of uh fishing like people that are fishing to make sure that they're following the regulations so I think that's important yeah so go back to fly fishing so I tried once and I'm pretty sure I caught myself instead of an actual fish. Like <laughs> I was entangled in this freaking string. It's not fun. Don't do it. Where'd you go? Um, so we have um, family up in Alaska, and we went Ooh. up there. So that's yeah. a dream vacation for me. Yeah. And you have to go in the summer. Even though it's summertime, it's still wintertime. But, like, good winter, not bad winter, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> it's just, like, cold year-round. Yeah. Have you been in the winter to Alaska? Yes, once. How cold was it? Um, I came home with frostbite. Oh, God. Like, yeah, my toes were completely blue. Couldn't feel my fingers. It wasn't good. So how is the wildlife there compared to? So different. Really? Completely different. It, there's wildlife everywhere. Because there's, like, the population is so small, like, as a whole. 
that the wildlife can just grow. Like, anywhere you look, you're going to see some sort of animal. It's insane. Were you in uh, Juneau or Anchorage? Yeah, Anchorage. Anchorage? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty up there, though. I wonder if the wildlife is more active there because there's less people. Like I'm, I'm thinking, it, like, there's less people to ruin their habitats right. by having so much waste everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, they can, like, actually, like, grow and... Yeah, especially since the conditions are so harsh, no one's going to want to go out there and go no. camping. Right. No. Not yeah. yeah, definitely not camping. Oh no, no camping. <laughs> yeah, if I went, I'd want to go on a f- little fishing trip, catch some salmon, see some black bears and stuff. Yeah. I think the best part of camping is seeing being connected to the wilderness and literally not having to worry in the world. Yeah. No matter how stressed I am like during, you know, before while I'm there, I'm just, like, focused on enjoying it and connecting with nature. Like, even hiking in the Smoky Mountains, like, around Gatlinburg, it's so rare that you're going to see, like, a smoky bear because, like, there's just so many people and they just hide. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want to see a bear on a trail, though. <laughs> I did yesterday, Saturday, Friday, one of those days. She saw weekend. one, and we were like, yeah. We're like, I looked at um, Austin, and he looked at me. I was like, let's get back on the bike, because we brought his motorcycle out. And he was like, yeah, we're going home. I said, yeah, let's go home. <laughs> we turned around and left. Because mm. it wasn't on the trail yet. It was, like, on the road to hit, like, Mount Laconch Trail. If yeah, you've ever yeah. been up there before. Yeah, actually, I have. I think that's probably the only place I've ever seen a bear either. Yeah. And everyone was, like, pulled over. Yeah, everyone was them. stuck. Everyone would not move. And we were like, just keep going. We're on a motorcycle. Like, we're going to be the ones that die here. Like, you're in a car. Keep moving. Yeah. I've actually never been there. I hope to sometime soon. Yeah. I love wilderness, and I love, you know, doing stuff like that. I've actually never been on, like, a real hiking trip, though. I've been camping, but I'd consider hiking, like, where you. Like, it's such a small trail. Like, I think it's, like, 6.5 miles up. But you can go backpacking. Gotcha. So, like, you're allowed to do that on the Mount Lacan Trail. And so sleep like, in, like, Enos? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Sounds yeah. cool. It's so much fun. Have you ever done that? I've gone camping and slept in an Eno before, but not there. It was at Frozen Head. Okay. So you seem like you've been to a lot of different campsites. Yeah. A lot of my friends, like, a few friends from high school, they were all Eagle Scouts. So, like, that's just, like, what they do. And if I wanted to tag along, I had to suck it up and go. So (laughs) I just kind of got pushed into it. But I ended up really enjoying it, so I still go. So what do you guys think, um, like, the main contributor to us creating carbon emissions is from camping? Do you think it's the fire? Do you think it's the litter? I would say more so the litter than the fire because, like, I know, like, forest major, forestry majors and stuff, like, they go out and burn for certain parts of areas to, like, refresh it, to, like, rebuild. So I don't think so much it's the fires. If it is the fires, it's when we are stupid and we don't control it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the litter. Like, keeping plastic and stuff out there isn't supposed to be out there. Fires are, like, a natural thing. Right. And I feel like it should, it's, you know, common sense for people – I feel like everyone's parents at some point have taught them, you know, clean up after yourself if you make a mess. It's kind of weird how, like, when you're out in the wilderness, though, people feel like they can kind of avoid it and just leave stuff wherever they want to. Yeah, and that's 
the whole idea behind the Leave No Trace organization Mm -hmm. and everything. They kind of just try to educate people about practices and everything they can do to, I guess, prevent those sort of things from happening. Right. And I think they have um, some, like, informational groups, too, because we all, all of us checked out the website. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I thought it was really beneficial because if you teach people at a young age to become, you know, become accustomed to wilderness and appreciate it for what it is, by the time they're older, they can pass that knowledge on to their kids and to their their friends and family too. So it's not just one person you're teaching, you're teaching, you know, generations. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if you think about it, back in the day when they didn't have electricity and everything, they don't, you don't realize, like, they didn't realize, we don't realize so sooner, like, how much that actually affected us. And by us keep doing it, it's not going to help any more generations. Like, our grandkids may not have an earth if we keep going the way we're going. Right. And that's, like, the whole point of, I think, why they started not allowing people to go camp at Max's Patch and everything. If we continued that, I mean... Yeah, it was going to get bad quick. Yeah, exactly. Worse than it already was. Mm -hmm. Did you guys have any, like, personal experiences at... Max's Patch? Is that what it's called? Max Patch, yeah. Have you guys had any personal experiences there where you've seen um, seen it deteriorate from people doing, you know, doing wasteful things? Yeah. I mean, whenever I went up there, it was supposed to storm that night. I had no idea. But there was still, <laughs> like, a hundred other people up there. I mean, it was so insanely crowded. Right. And there was, like, tons of, I mean, chip bags know beer cans everything like that just absolutely everywhere i think another thing we can do when we're going camping if we're driving somewhere we can limit the amount of vehicles we're taking so if you're with you know three or four friends you can take one car instead of meeting separately i think that would help tremendously you know because the gas to get there that leaves carbon emission and then you know narrowing it down to one vehicle would help a lot along with walking and maybe even rent an rv to to stay in yeah and i think a lot of it is is like we don't see it happening like deteriorating the earth or like the natural resources when we're throwing those pop cans down or we're seeing them Mm -hmm. because we don't see it we don't really think it's happening or we really just don't care so like that doesn't help our situation at all but we do it anyways yeah or even like since i go camping usually in like a pop-out camper a lot of people like have their rvs and they'll like leave them on for like the entire day mm-hmm. like we always unplug like all of our utilities and everything like turn off our ac but like people leave that running for the entire day they even really like do. whenever they're gone because they're like oh i'm not playing paying this electric bill i don't have to do like exactly. i'm not going to turn off my stuff yeah yeah we could also um you know how like you have to run generators and stuff like for the RVs, yeah, we can also reduce on that. Like, become more accustomed without it. Like, we don't need to charge our phones when we're out there. We yeah. don't need to waste heat that when we're not using it. So, like, I think minimizing the amount of energy we're using while we're out there would also help. Because the point of, the point of camping is to connect with nature. So, you really shouldn't need to waste electricity or run a big generator to power things up in the first place. Yeah. No. But, like, going off of that, I know, like, solar energy, like, 
using that to power generators, stuff like that, like basic stuff like charging your phone is really popular now. So well, that is it, a good idea. It is getting bigger for sure. I know like um, a lot of like remote cabins and stuff, they're using solar panels because then it's more off grid mm-hmm. and so much more like environmentally friendly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, well, like I said earlier, I go camping at a, a spring, so the water's super clean. So I think another solution would be to, you know, to conserve water while you're there. So they have showers there that a lot of people use, but you can just honestly go in the river and swim in that because, it, like I said, it's a spring. It's, it's yeah. really clean water. Like, you can almost drink it, and honestly. And I've seen something about, like, oh gosh, I don't even know what it is, like biodegradable body wash and stuff like that or like shampoo yeah. and everything i don't know if you can are there, are there shampoos you can I use think in like there's like less and stuff? like chemical ones like no like yeah yeah just even using those while you're camping i feel like are they like especially made for camp for camping situations yeah, yeah. i think so it's for like those like opportunities like you said to like shower in a spring you don't want to put like our nasty oily like Mm -hmm. shampoo crap in it you'd rather use a natural yeah or even like showers from campers like you have to dump that water and so like dumping it with like chemicals and everything in it right yeah i think we've made some good points though so we touched up on reducing like fire emissions um like lowering generator usage um, picking up our waste. We have some good stories about Arkansas. Arkansas. It's Arkansas. We know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else have anything left to give? Uh, I think I think we're I good. Think so. I think yeah. we're good. Thank you for listening to episode one of Balls Talk Ag. We hope you enjoyed this episode. On our next episode, four UTIA students will discuss the impact of various diets on nutrition. They will talk about three specific diets, vegan, regular, and keto, what the diets entail, who they are aimed at, and how they impact nutrition. Thanks again, and we hope you join us next time on Balls Talk Ag.